Hey everyone, this is Tiffany. And this is Leah. And, and we're, we're in the Observation Bubble. Welcome friends, guys and ghouls. We are in the month of October. It is spooky season. The time of year where everyone gets on my everyday spooky level. I live my life in a spooky state of mind. We're going to watch some spooky movies. Well, well, this one wasn't really super spooky, but it it had ghosts. It had ghosts, and it was a Halloween staple in my home. It's now going to be a Halloween staple in mine. As a child, we had our holiday movies in bins, and come Halloween, you got out the Halloween bin. We had High Spirits in there. We had um, Abbott and Costello's Hold That Ghost. Abbott and Costello, Time of Their Lives, which is not really spooky, but it has ghosts in it. Casper, stuff we've recorded off TV. DTV's Monster Hits, which is on, on YouTube and you should find it. It's great. It's songs that could be kind of Halloween-y to Disney cartoons. It's fun. I have no idea what that is. That's the first I've ever heard of it. I'm going to send you a link. Okay. Um <laughs> It was on, it, like, it aired in 1985 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But we had it we had it on VHS because my parents had recorded it. So we're going to talk about some, some spooky season movies. It's spooky season. Must be the season of the witch. Okay, I want a different <laughs> way. Anyway. I am upset with you. <gasps> Why? What did I do? In the 18 years of friendship. Oh, God. You don't have to say that. You don't have to do that. You don't have I'm, to out us like that. I'm bringing it. I'm, it's out. Okay? In the 18 years of friendship, Leah, you never made me watch this movie. I fucking did. We watched it in your parents' bedroom. Yes, we did. No. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, no. we did. We did. We did. We did. No. <laughs> yes, we did. I hid my face in your leg in the scene that I hate. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> We're talking about high spirits. A 1988 great year. Just throwing Whatever. that out there. It was a good year. It was fine. Yeah, it was. You know what it was? My mom was pregnant with me for a good chunk of that year. So it was a great year. I was popped out that year. <laughs> Not long before I. Yeah. I just waited until 1989, the decidedly better year. Anyway, uh, the high baby. spirits. 1988 <laughs> comedy fantasy. Starring Peter O'Toole, Daryl Hannah, Steve Gutenberg, and like a bunch of folks. Yeah. Um, Liam Neeson, Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, like I, I know I've said before that a movie has names in it, but this movie really had some names. It did. The stars listed on IMDb are Peter O'Toole, Daryl Hannah, and Steve Gutenberg. Like those were the the big stars at the time. I mean, but I think Beverly D'Angelo was. Maybe not, maybe not, I don't know if I want to say heyday, but she was big in the 80s with like National Lampoons and stuff. Yeah. And Liam Neeson, I mean, he hadn't been in that, what is that, Taken? Mm -hmm. Is that what he's in? Is that Mm -hmm. all the memes are from? Yeah. But (laughs) he's definitely somebody now. So uh, let's read this uh, synopsis. Okay. When a hotelier attempts to fill the chronic vacancies at his castle by launching an advertising campaign that falsely portrays the property as haunted... Two actual ghosts show up and end up falling for two guests. I don't... That's a way to describe the movie. It's a super very basic premise. Yeah. That seems to be a running theme, though, with IMDb. I guess it covers all the really important parts. Although I think it gives a little more credit to the 
two ghosts showing up than is actually due, but okay. Yeah. You know, whoever floats your boat, pal. I mean, whoever wrote this. In the opening scenes of the movie, I was immediately laughing by the quippy phrasing of words and sayings. Because it, it opens up with Peter O'Toole going through this long monologue where he's on the phone with somebody from the bank and they're telling him that you either got to pay or the castle's being taken and we're moving it to Malibu. You know what I got to say? When I say Mali, y'all say, Because <laughs> it's spooky season. <laughs> so talking with someone from the bank about moving the castle to Malibu and whatever this person is saying to him is, very colorful (laughs) and like he responds and i didn't write the whole quote down because there's a lot of words here okay (laughs) it's quite verbose yeah there is a lot of words but what i did manage to capture was the very end of it to where he says i marvel at your colorfully creative ever so american colloquialisms which flow so trippingly from your razor-like tongue like if that does not peter o'toole man (laughs) if that does not create a picture for you I don't know what will, because that is that is words. It is, in <laughs> fact, words. Yes. <laughs> Ever so many words. Yeah. And like while he's on the phone with them, he talks about how great of condition that the hotel is in. Or not the hotel, but that the castle is in. Yeah. Well, the hotel as a cat, the castle as a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> well, how he just talks about like how great of condition that it is in. Yeah. But in reality, while he's on the phone with them, as you like, as you like pan up. around the castle and yeah. see the decay, <laughs> the decay, and then the the leaking roofs and the buckets that are just full of water standing around. Yeah. I mean, you get the impression that they don't have the money to keep it in tip top condition, and yeah, well, those I mean, kind of foreclosure. So yeah, so the cat that kind of castle and that kind of ancient dwelling needs yeah. a lot of upkeep. But it's like as soon as he gets off the phone with the bank, mm-hmm. so you just see Peter O'Toole in the room and he's like hanging a rope off of the rafters and he's like yeah. stepping up into it and his mom walks in. And she's like, oh, what are you doing up there, you naughty boy? <laughs> just like taking the taking the easy taking way the out. Taking the easy way you? out again. Yeah. Mother, this is not easy, I assure you. <laughs> I want to go play in this castle, though. I mean, the setup of the castle is extremely odd. It's a, I, they filmed it in a real castle. I don't. I, I saw what it was somewhere. Huh. I don't know. Like, I'd be huffing and puffing with all the steps because I'm a fat kid, but Same. I still want to go play in it. It seems like there'd be like a lot of a lot of like hidden passages and stuff. And that was always oh, one yeah. of my favorite things as a kid was just to mm-hmm. live in a house with a whole bunch of hidden passages and shit. And now that I'm an adult, there's no fucking way I'd want to live in a house with a whole bunch of hidden passages because that would lead to too many creepy spaces for people to hide. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Also, yeah. like the size of a house, I always wanted a big house. No. Mm. I don't need all that empty space where I don't know who's in those rooms. No. Too much house means too much opportunity for creepy shit. Yeah. Not about that life. By creepy shit, I mean other humans trying to kill me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not like ghosts or anything. I'm talking about human evil <laughs> coming in my home, trying yeah. to murder me. Yeah. So after his mother calls him a naughty boy, which is very weird phrasing. Well, or, I think the, I think the British use that word more regularly than we do. We use it in a different sort of connotation here. I mean, yeah, but context. But it's different whenever you're referencing your your son who is like 
58. Not to them, I guess. <laughs> I love how he's trying. He's like, like acting like he's going to hang himself. She's like, oh, you naughty boy. How dare you? Yeah. And, and once he like gets down off of his step stool, how she tells him that he's like going to upset his, his grandmother and his father. And he's like, but mother, they're dead. And she's like, well, of course they are, but they're still going to be upset. They're still upset. Yeah. And then it's like she goes through every individual who has died in the castle. Mm-hmm. Every, like, dead ancestor. And from that, he, like, gets this genius idea to make the castle a haunted hotel. Legitimately good idea. I mean, even to this day, haunted hotels are still a very big thing. I want to go to one. I, I do want not. to stay in a haunted hotel. And, like, I'm not leaving until, like, I'm harassed by a ghost. Anyway, can we wait? Just anyway. <laughs> so he's going through the castle saying this is what we're gonna do and someone says but there aren't any bloody ghosts here i know we'll make some they devise a whole bunch of plans to terrorize the guests while they're there yeah like they even like they, make they the, come up with some like, the genius yeah like some of the stuff they come up with kind of like hokey haunted house stuff but I, a lot of the contraptions they make up to um like make themselves almost like astrally project themselves. Yeah. I know it's not what's happening. I'm just in a sci-fi mode right now. <laughs> Into a room like with a, a mirror and a reflection and everything. That kind of stuff's yeah. really cool. Yeah, to make like holograms. Yeah. Oh, we cut to a now um a no longer in business aircraft carrier. Pan Am. Not a thing anymore. No. Picking up some Americans, Steve Gutenberg and Beverly D'Angelo in their happily wedded bliss. <laughs> He just wants to celebrate their second honeymoon, going to her homeland or her ancestors' homeland of Ireland. Going to celebrate with some champagne, and she's just like, "Ugh, no, man." She just wants Get to pop Valium and go to sleep, and not have sex with her husband. She is very adamant about that. Yeah, she's like, "I've just taken two Valium, and you're doing all this. Next thing you know, you're going to want to have sex." And then she leans over on the middle of their seat so like he can't sit back down and he goes and sits next to this little old lady who has her headphones on. He's like, here, ma'am, would you like some champagne? She's like, nah. He's like, I suppose sex is out of the question. <laughs> Whenever Sharon says it about them having sex, she is not quiet about it at all. Not reserved yeah, at no. all. She's very loud and it's like the whole business class of the plane looks at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they are they are Jack and Sharon Crawford. Yes. When they're talking about all this sex stuff, and then he says to the old lady, I suppose sex is out of the question. Um, I rewatched this with my mom, and I looked at her and I said, you are so lucky I was like a, a, an innocent little child and didn't understand half the shit in this movie. <laughs> and a bunch of movies that I watched way too young. Yeah, I mean, because at that, with that phrase, it's not even like, they blatantly said sex. They did. I didn't pick up on it at all. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't even try to, like, sugarcoat that at all. You know. They, they just straight up said the S word. One of them, at least. <laughs> They're on their way with this busload of Americans to this big, fancy, fake haunted Irish castle. And they've got the bloody hands and the bloody feet. And it looks like it's done up for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the bus driver's giving them this kind of like guided tour. And he's talking about... Uh, the people would come down from the knock. Oh, God, we've got to start watching movies with accents. 
came down from the knock me down mountains and raped and pillaged the women and children and the men and god help them all the occasional sheep (laughs) and the dudes one of the dudes is like there are children Uh, we have children here (laughs) i was like i was one of the children listening to this i was a children (laughs) i was a children the first time i saw this (laughs) i didn't understand it so you know uh so they're going along talking about all the things you know like a guided tour does Mm-hmm. And then they talk about the Brogan Banshee. And they have one of the ladies who works at the hotel up in a swing above them in a costume. And they're saying, how, Katie, how? She's all scared the Jesus out of them. I'm so sorry because this accent is not going to be good and I'm going to just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, and she goes to like, wait, wave your arms. And she goes to wave her arms and she falls on top of the bus. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like she lands on top of the bus and everybody on the bus is like, what the fuck was that? You know? <laughs> and uh, one of the guys, he like opens up this hatch that's on the top of the bus and he's like, there's yeah. a lady on top of the bus. I'm, Steve I'm, not lady. I'm a banshee. I've got the lady I'm a banshee. <laughs> on top of the bus. <laughs> and the drivers, they, I don't know why he's not slowing down. I don't know if the brakes failed or what they also come across another employee who's supposed to be riding naked on her magical mount and (laughs) she's on the horse it's out of control the bus is out of control and Eamon who's the name of the bus driver he says the banshee's howling (laughs) as it goes (laughs) down the hill onto a dock at the the lake or the Hawkland bog they call it and the bus finally stops and they're like oh thank god but it stops. And then the dock gives way. Yeah, like, on that little dock. And then it gives way. The bus sinks. Everybody's fucking swimming in the bus. You know? <laughs> Sharon Beverly D'Angelo, like, turns on her husband. He's trying to help her. He's like, stay calm. She's like, I'll give you calm. <laughs> and they're fighting through the water up by Eamon, the bus driver. And he says, everyone stay calm. She's amphibious or so I've been told. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So then they, they, they make their way. We don't know how they make their way back up to the hotel. It just cuts and... Yeah, it just cuts and they're, they're at the walking hotel. into the castle. Yeah. And as soon completely as they into the castle... Soaked. Yeah. And Peter looks at him and he's like, Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you appear to be a trifle moist. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> they just move for a swim. He goes to take somebody's luggage and it just falls open and just... Splash. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to everyone's at dinner... Peter O'Toole. Um, oh, his name is Peter Plunkett. I don't think we said that. I don't think Peter so O'Toole. Peter the Plunkett. castle is Plunkett Castle. Mm-hmm. Castle Plunkett. That? Yes. Castle Plunkett. So Mr. Plunkett comes in and he's talking to him about the castle or whatever. They're saying, what is this on the menu? Whiting this? And he's like, oh, it's whiting with breadcrumbs. And what's this? Oh, whiting steamed. Whiting boiled. And Malcolm holds up a glass of wine and says, what is this? It's white wine. He says, what is this? Whiting Bordeaux. <laughs> and this is another thing that went over my head as a child is that all they have is fish. Yes. All they have is whiting fish from the lake, the bog. Yeah. And, um, or I think just call it like unappetizing. Yeah. No one wants this fish. Yeah. It's gross. Like, it it's even gross. ties in at the very, like towards the end of the movie. What'd mm-hmm. you have for breakfast? Some damn fish. And they're like, how original, something like that. So then at the other end of the table, we meet uh, the characters played by Jennifer Tilly mm-hmm. and Peter Gallagher. 
Gallagher. I wanted to say Monahan. I knew it wasn't right, but Gallagher, Cameron Monahan, Ian Gallagher. It all made sense in my head. The eyebrows of Hollywood. Peter yeah. Gallagher. That one. <laughs> what do you know him from, Tiffany? The OC. Yeah. I knew him from Mr. Deeds. Peter Gallagher's uh, in a priest getup. He's like training to be a priest. Yeah, it's Jennifer Tilly. Hurrah! Before he yeah. officially becomes a priest, so he goes to a haunted castle in the Isle of the Saints. Maybe he thought he could practice exorcisms. I mean, maybe I don't know. But Jennifer Tilly's there because she was dating a Satanist, apparently. A Satanist, <laughs> but who's actually a hairdresser, Leah? <laughs> but he does. But he does Satanism on the side. <laughs> Turns out he's gay too. So yeah, and he was gay, and then she's like, "Are you gay?" He's like, "No, but I'm chaste." She's like, "Just kidding." <laughs> um, and she's all like, "Here's to keeping our vows." They're still having their talking around the table, and Steve Gutenberg, Jack, spots a painting and says, "Oh, who's that?" Peter Plunkett gives this weird explanation that it's his great 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 grand cousin. Yeah, I've never heard of a grand cousin. I don't think it works that way. That would be like your 24th cousin once removed or your <laughs> cousin. I don't even know. He says, it's my great, 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 great grand cousin, Mary Plunkett, killed on her wedding night here in Castle Plunkett. Um, and then we cut away very abruptly and we see a nice little shot over the lake. Then we're in the bar getting drinks and, you know, it's Irish bar setting. So they're they're singing and entertaining. Mm hmm. Jack's being weird about it and, and embarrassing his wife. Per usual. Peter goes up and like makes an announcement and is like, go to bed, sleep if you can, if you dare. Ha 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 ha. Then they shut the lights out on him and people just leave. Well, it's like, because they shut the light off and as soon as they shut the light off, everybody, like the guests are sitting there like, where'd they all go? And so like all of the guests, they like get up out of their seats and like, well, I guess it's time to go to bed. So they all like yeah. go their separate ways. And as soon as they leave the room, like, all of the people who work there, they get up off the stage floor. I will say there are quippy little lines in here that make me laugh. And one of them is Steve Gutenberg. Okay, so we didn't say this. The parapsychologist, Malcolm Clay, he brought his wife and his three kids with him. Mm -hmm. And his wife is played by Connie Booth, who I know we, we know from Faulty Towers. Yes. She was yeah. like the maid. Yes. So anyway, they're leaving the bar and Jack says to the kids of the parapsychologist of, of Malcolm, he says, pretty spooky, huh, kids? And they're like, haven't you seen Nightmare on Elm Street, mister? And he's like, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I don't know that way. I thought that was so funny, but it was. So the guests all go off to their rooms and the hotel staff are getting ready for the hauntings. Yes. Preparing. We have a... a a suit of armor that on moves skates. on its own on roller skates, yes. So it floats and glides like a ghost. Mm -hmm. Which is um, genius. Yeah. I have to say. Seriously. We have a banshee howling, flying outside. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I went to it into an accent there. We have a, a mummy who's just appearing in people's rooms through and a what reflection. What does a mummy have to do with Ireland? Maybe he's just a dead guy and he's wrapped up. But it looks like a mummy. <laughs> Miranda's Jennifer Tilly Miranda's um, four poster bed moves like she's at the end and watching a sheep competition because <laughs> that's what they have to watch on TV apparently <laughs> and she closes her eyes puts her head down for a second 
when she opens them again, her bed has moved and her bed starts rotating. And she's like, I um, I don't believe in ghosts. I'm not scared, so you can stop now. I really don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I don't believe in ghosts, but like not like in that kind of sense, but my bed starts rotating. I'm gonna freak the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I don't believe in ghosts, but like I wanna be creeped out. And I don't know, that would that would do it. And if it starts kind of lifting off the ground and spinning faster and faster, mm-hmm. I'm gonna toss my cookies. She's like screaming in her room, help, help. And she starts and, screaming uh, for the priests, obviously. Brother Tony. Yeah, he like busts into the room and she's like, Brother Tony, help! You have to help me do an exorcism, like, Brother Tony. I'm trying to think if there are other hauntings going on. I think that's most of them. The haunted suit of armor, the rolling suit of armor is in the parapsychologist's room. Mm -hmm. And his wife is like undressing and getting ready for bed. And she like drapes her underwear. And because they they all were soaked from being outside. So they're all hanging their clothes up. And she's hanging her all her stuff on the suit of armor. He's doing his parapsychologist stuff like setting up his equipment and taking readings a giant like radar like i think ghost door ghost type door. thing going on emf reader no <laughs> he's no zach bagans is all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> um she's over he's doing his thing over on the other side of the room she's on the bed with her back to him like hey can you hand me that thing we bought and <laughs> the suit of armor rolls over and hands her to it. she's like oh thanks and then it rolls back over to its place just very inconspicuous leave uh at one point she goes down to check on the kids and they're having a pillow fight because of course they are as their kids and she's like go to bed and they're like no we haven't seen a ghost yet and all of a sudden the suit of armor rolls up behind her like hey kids (laughs) and they're like oh shit and they run into their bed and she goes back to bed she feels so good about herself at that moment too. she really does because she's like "Mm, i done did it to them yes put them in their place they listened mother of the year so she goes back into their room and the suit of armor is still behind her and doesn't make it and gets stuck on the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> runs into the door and, like, gets stuck. And there's this great moment where all this other haunting stuff is going on. Marge, like, yeah. drapes herself on the, be- on the bed and says, oh, I hate that I'm about to say this. She says, come to me, bugbear. Make me a woman. <laughs> And, like, lays back all dramatic, and he's ready. He goes, oh, he rips something off his head and says, my love. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, the projection of the mummy is, like, in the middle of the bed in her. And he's like, oh, that's the most pathetic display I've ever seen. And she shoots up off that bed, like, I'm gonna stab you in the balls. Excuse me? What did you just say to me? I give you three children? (laughs) I, I just love that. And I didn't get that as a kid, and I get it now, and it's so hilarious to me. And then she sees the banshee fly by outside and she's running over there. He's like, what is that? A semi-silver mirror or something like that? He's trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to debunk all their stuff. Yeah. And and doing a good job at it because it's debunkable. It's very debunkable. Yeah, he like opens up the window at one point and he has like a sword or some shit. Fucking chucks it out the window, hits the mirror, barely missing one of the people. And they're like, you could have killed me. Yeah, because he gets into a sword fight with the suit of armor. Yeah. <laughs> Get away from the yeah. children! <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, okay, so wait. Um, Marge oh, Marge, and Malcolm open the door. And Marge says, oh, it's got my underwear. He's like, oh great, a pervert ghost. 
(laughs) (laughs) They discovered that the hauntings were fake. And so all of the people who were staying at the hotel, they went down to like the lobby area of the castle and they all were gathered there and they're like, what is going on? I'm leaving first thing in the morning. And as they're all sitting there, like hooting and hollering, (laughs) showing our Kentucky side (laughs) while they're all down there hooting and hollering, a bed just comes down one of the stairs and it's Miranda's bed. So Miranda and brother Tony are on the bed flying down the stairs so they scoop up Peter <laughs> and crash into like a handrail. Yeah. And everybody is standing around and Peter's talking about how none of you Americans care about whether or not I keep this property and this is my has been my home and all of the people who work here will no longer have a job and come to find out that the person who holds the loan is Sharon's father. Jim Brogan. Who wants the castle because he was born there. He hates the Plunkets. He hates everyone. So they find out that Sharon's dad is the one who is the holder of the loan because Jack says that Mr. Brogan is his Mm father-in-law. Apparently, Sharon set up this second honeymoon so they could come and spy on Castle Plunkett. Yup. And to see as to whether or not it is a good, not a good investment, but whether or not they should continue or he's going to or maybe like oh, wow. how they're going to be able to sabotage it cuz they don't want to continue the loan. They don't want the Plunkets to own yeah. it anymore. See how yeah. see if this is legit, if it's going to be a real money-making thing for him. If it is, how can they sabotage it? It's what I always kind of figured. Yeah. Jack and Sharon obviously get into a giant fight mm-hmm. and she ends up going into the room alone. Jack comes out and him and Peter go into the dining hall together. And they get shit-faced. Mm-hmm. Peter pulls out his father's brew, which in Kentucky is essentially moonshine. That's moonshine. That's what that is. Yeah. Peter says, let's have a real drink, and pulls out this brew. They get hammered. Absolutely hammered. Soused. Yeah. Jack stumbles towards his bedroom, walks in, looks around, and he's like, oh, shit, this isn't my room. This is nicer than my room. It really is. Like, (laughs) what made them decide to, I don't know. I don't know what rooms that they should rent out. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe the smaller rooms that they could furnish easier. I don't know. It was like an ancient, crusty, dusty room, but what nice. Peter's looking around like, this is nicer than my room. I must have gone to the wrong area. Turns around to leave. And he sees this woman come running into the room, quickly followed by this man. So you wee harlot. And they're in an argument. He's got her on the bed and just mm-hmm. like, I was going to say going at it, but not that kind of going at it. Like, no. no, they're just fighting. They get up. He pins her up against a wall and he's smacking her and he ends up stabbing her in the stomach. Yeah. Well, he goes from like smacking her with his cravat to stabbing her in the stomach. Just like that, that escalated quickly. So Jack's looking around like, what the fuck is this? Like that. Oh, he's real, yelling at real, the whole real time. good show, people. I can see. I know that this is fake. Quit. Looks you know. real. Looks real. <laughs> Could have used this an hour ago, but looks real. <laughs> All of a sudden, old dude, like a portal opens behind him. And he like disappears through this portal. And Jack's looking at it just like amazed. And then he turns back around to look at the girl laying on the ground. 
and she's gone. And then he looks up at the lantern that they had carried in with them and it disappears in front of his face. And he's like, what just happened? How drunk am I? (laughs) And then it starts over again. Only this time, whenever the man goes to stab the woman in the stomach, Jack gets between them. So the man stabs Jack, air quotes, stabs Jack in the stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he... His dying is pretty hilarious. Yeah. But whenever Jack stood in the way, it freed the woman of being in this this continuing circle. It broke the loop. Yeah. So she ends up talking to him and he's like, what even is this? Yeah. And she talks about how she has died every night for the past 200 years. How she died on her honeymoon night. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as she entered the room the first time, he looks at her and he's like, hey, I know you. Yeah. Because he recognizes her from the painting. It's the great, 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 great grand cousin, (laughs) Mary Plunkett. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how Mary and Jack end up separating, but Jack ends up going to his actual room. She like just fades out. How can I thank you? (laughs) Just fades away. And Sharon is asleep on the bed. Jack's sitting there thinking about how much he hates everything. And he's just like, I'm just going to take a whole bunch of Valium and blah, 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 blah. So he goes into the bed or into the washroom, goes to take the medicine. But Mary, she's a, she's a sneaky little thing, comes through and she po- pulls this hocus pocus on it, which I didn't know that ghosts had magical powers, but she pulls this hocus pocus. And ghosty swi- powers. Yeah, she switches the vitamin B with the Valium. So Jack holds the bottle of Valium or what is supposed to be Valium. What he thinks is Valium. And just takes it to the head. Because Sharon's been popping Valium the whole time. Mm-hmm. Whole movie. <laughs> so he he takes the whole bottle, passes out on the floor. Next morning, one of the employees going and finding Peter in a roll-down... Roll-top desk. Laid out in a roll-top desk. It cuts to Jack, who is on the ground. And he wakes up and he's like, am I dead? He's like, is this what it feels like to be dead? So he stands up and Sharon is in the bathroom getting ready, like flossing her teeth. And he's saying all this stuff to her and he's like, am I dead? And she's just completely, you know, like ignore him. Like he's not even there. He's saying all this stuff. And then he's like, well, if I'm dead, this is what I really think. (laughs) Ends up telling her that she's colder than a penguin on an iceberg or some shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Colder than a penguin on an iceberg. And calls her short. Calls her a dwarf. (laughs) And says, uh, that's right, go ahead and sharpen those chompers for the next poor bastard you marry. Are you getting your something like, I don't know. Yeah. And she just turns around and slaps him. He's like, I'm not dead. (laughs) And she's like, no, No, but but don't make make any any long-term plans. plans. (laughs) So she decides that she's got a headache. And her vitamin B, or her B complex is just shot to hell. Yes. So she pounds a handful of vitamin B, which Mary switched to Valium. And he's like, Sharon, I didn't take the Valium. And he's just like still kind of kind of dazed. So he just woke up from a drunk vitamin B coma. <laughs> yeah. So also you find out that Peter's mom can actually speak to ghosts because in the middle of the night, she's having a conversation with her late husband, who is only known as Plunkett Sr. Yeah. in this movie. Like, he doesn't actually have a name. No, he doesn't, he doesn't need one. He's yeah. fine. <laughs> but it's Peter's dad, and his mom and his dad are talking about how terrible that he is doing with, with the castle and how they're about ready to lose everything. 
He says, our son is an idiot. And she says, well, we've known that for quite a while, haven't we, darling? <laughs> He's like, well, if I were alive, I wouldn't be doing like this. Well, you did die, didn't you, darling? <laughs> she doesn't have a large role in this movie, but the part that she is she's in. Gold. Yes. She's absolute gold. <laughs> and in that conversation, he says, Plunkett Sr., says that well if this is what they want this is what they're gonna get talking about ghosts in the castle Mm-hmm. give the americans what they really want yeah the americans are packing up to leave they're all out in a car except for jack who has managed to make his way back up to into the mystery room and mary pops up no he's walking out with their bags and they're just in this like this random corridor Jack stumbles across Mary. Meanwhile, Beverly D'Angelo, sorry, Sharon, is calling her dad and telling him how horrible Jack's being and everybody hates her and she starts crying because Daddy. she's Daddy. she's doped up on a handful of Valium at this point. Yeah. And she's fading, going fast. She's like, it's all <laughs> your fault. She kisses the parapsychologist when he tries to help her up. He's like, don't tell my wife. <laughs> Because she stands up, she does it, and then stands up and slaps and says, how dare you? He's like, just, yeah. just don't tell my wife. <laughs> so then we cut back to Jack, and he's talking to Mary and saying how, I think she's saying, like, that. Yeah, she, like, saying she doesn't stay. want him to go. He's like, but I have to go. But you could stay if you loved me. So, wait, first of all, Sharon gets off the phone and is hooting and hollering, Jack, let's go. And you see no one the phone receiver just floats up and it's placed back on the cradle yes which is the first time that you experience a ghosty in the movie like an actual an actual ghost in the film other than peter's dad and mary and martin it's an unseen ghost an unknown ghost oh yeah yeah (laughs) other than those other ghosts this is the ghost ghost. we were just talking about <laughs> so Mary's crying, Jack stumbles upon her and he's like, "Oh, you're real, but but you're not real, but you're real." And he's like, "You're a real ghost." She's like, "Uh, yeah." And he like puts his hand through her and I was like, "Excuse me, sir. Personal boundaries. I don't care if she has a ghost. Mm-hmm. She deserves her space." And she's talking about how she doesn't want him to leave and she wants him to stay. She wanted to thank him for saving her last night because it's the first time in 200 years she's had a peaceful evening where she didn't get killed. Right. Understandable. Yeah. I mean, who wants to get killed the same way more than once a night, every night for the rest of their own lives? Or who wants to get killed? (laughs) I mean, yeah, that too. (laughs) No one wants that either. Daryl Hannah. Okay. Steve Gutenberg like praised her Irish accent and I'm not saying that mine is great. Or that I could do a better one than she. But hers hers doesn't feel awesome. Like, it's not yeah. as bad as, like, Cameron Diaz in Gangs of New York. But it's not great. No. So Mary's saying that Jack must love her because he managed to break the loop. He's just like, and whoa, we just, we just met. He's like, wait I'm, wait, I'm married. She's like, oh, then you don't love me. And I'm like, no, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> First of all, you're a ghost. Second of all, you met last night. Right. Unrealistic. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I have to go. She says, no, don't go. And she's like, you don't want to stay with me. He says, I don't know what I want. I was like, go with your fucking wife, dog. Like, (laughs) Is it really that hard? (laughs) Why are you so 
thrown off about this. Although, okay, I mean, but, if I had a wife like Sharon, I, mean, I don't think yeah. that I would want to stay around either. Just, just, I mean, you know, stay there and explore with the ghost. It's fine. But, like, you're not in love with her. Right. He's not in love with you, ghosty lady. I'm sorry. But right after this, as Mary goes away and she's very upset, it's like all the ghosts in the castle. Or I don't know if she manifests this or all the ghosts in the castle do this, but I don't know. There's like a cyclone that goes through the castle. He's yes. literally blown away. I called it an angry ghost wind. That's very apt description. <laughs> I would say that is 100 emoji. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has blown... Through the hall, down the stairs, across the atrium, whatever you want to call the opening there in the beginning of the castle, something. Um, and through the front door, up into the sky, and just blown away from the castle. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the wind now takes off all the different parts of the car uh-huh. that all the Americans were sitting in, ready to leave. And it takes all their clothes, too. Yeah, so it's like the car gets stripped of all of its pieces, and then all of a sudden, all of the people are stripped of their clothes. And Sharon looks back underwear. at Brother Tom, and she's like, oh, all of the snakes weren't driven out of Ireland. Yeah, you took my line. Thanks. <laughs> and his name's Brother Tony. <laughs> what did I say? Tom. But like he's okay. This is another thing I didn't get as a kid. He's got his collar on, and apparently he's going commando because everybody else is in their underwear. Yeah. Even the the kids are like in their undershirts and everything. Mm-hmm. But all everybody else in their under, underwear, and apparently Brother Tony is just in his collar. <laughs> and she leans back and says, "Oh, so all the snakes weren't driven out of Ireland?" And he takes off his collar and covers his lap. Because he's like, get that as a child. He's like, "What?" Straight over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so all the Americans run back into the castle, and Jack's stuck in a tree Mm -hmm. that is hit by lightning, falls, and is spoken to by a horse. So then you cut back to the castle, and Peter was about to, like, do himself in again. Mm -hmm. And um, the girl comes running, and, no, they're going to stay, they're going to stay. And he sees that the rain's dripping, leaking into his office, and he's like, oh, that is a god. (laughs) Jack stands up back at the tree, and the horse is like, Hello, would your name conceivably be Jack? And he's looking at he's like looking at this horse like what the fuck? And then the horse leads him to Mary, who is like, what is she getting out of that tree? And she's no, she's, she's like she's tying of- things. She's praying. Yeah, she's tying things on. It's it's like listen, I'm not Catholic, um, but like rosaries, you uh-huh. pray with every bead. I think she's saying a prayer with every bow she ties on this tree. Oh, okay, yeah. He goes to Mary and they're having this discussion and she's talking about her marriage to the man who's been killing her every night is Martin Brogan, Mm -hmm. like Jim Brogan and Sharon Brogan and the Brogan Banshee and how he's murdered her. She didn't want to marry him. He was gross and he squished, which I'm assuming means he farted. Yeah. I can't figure out what else squishing would be the way she like describes it. And he squished. (laughs) Well, she also said that he like he stank. Yeah, he smelled bad too. And I think he had like warts or something. Yeah. And this is the first time we get to hear them say the word tupped. She refused <laughs> to be tupped by him. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, she didn't want to sleep like, with him. What? Tupped? She's like, you know, you know, tupped. He's like, oh, yeah, tupped. Uh huh. Yeah, I married him. I want to fuck him. So she's sitting here praying to this tree. And Jack's like, I don't understand what's going on. I just talked to a horse and got blown out of a castle. You're a ghost. My marriage is falling apart. Like, it's the least yeah. of your problems, like, my dude. <laughs> he says, you're a ghost. I'm an American. It would never work out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He's like, but Ronaldo, the talking horse, leads me to the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And it's like, wait, what led you there? Ronaldo, the talking horse? <laughs> cool. Got it. No. Cool, 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 cool. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So he, she's saying that he broke the curse and that they, that she, that he loves her and she knows it. He needs to accept it. But then she disappears. So I'm like, he's on the other side of the castle. Got to work his way back. So like, is Ronaldo the talking horse going to lead him back to the castle now? No. Anyway. So back at the castle, Malcolm, the parapsychologist is saying, no, dude, this all just weird shit just happened. We are out of here. Everybody's found like makeshift clothes because all their clothes just blew away. And the, the hotel staff are trying to retrieve them from the field across the street. Right. Across the road. So Malcolm's got on a piece of a suit of armor. Uh, Sharon's got on a, a lamp giant shade. lampshade. Very uh, a Christmas story. <laughs> yes. And still high as anything on her Valium. <laughs> Walking up to Peter Plunkett like, hey. <laughs> yeah, because just the entire time. I'm, I'm throwing it back for a second. The entire time that they were in the vehicle, that they mm-hmm. were like in the, the bus truck thing. Yeah. She's just having the fucking time of her life. While all of this wind is happening and the rain starts and she's just like, oh, <laughs> like she's <laughs> oh, yay, water. a fucking blast while everything around them is terrible. This is the happiest the woman's ever been. She gets to see a priest dick. It's great. It's a great day. <laughs> so Malcolm's like, kids, Marge, we're leaving now. He opens the front door and immediately is hit by lightning and it shoots him back. This part terrified me as a kid because when the lightning hits him you can like see his bones and you can see like his ribs and shit uh-huh. and i don't know it terrified me when he he's up on this um kind of like a frankenstein thing i don't know yeah. why what it is but they have to let it down with a chain and they do it real slow and real methodical and his wife's all mad he's like plunkett this is your doing and they say mr 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 clay are you all right he's like yes i think we'll stay one more night <laughs> <laughs> So after that, we see Sharon in the bathtub. She's still volume high mm. or coming down, maybe. And all of a sudden, a man like manifests behind her, like whoop, up in the bathtub and he farts. And that's how you know who he is, because he's squished. <laughs> he's stinky, man. And she's like, oh, Jack, hey, is that you? I think I hurt my back. Can you rub it? And he's like, mm. he's in the bathtub with her and starts rubbing her back. She's like, oh, that's great. And he starts saying like saints' names, Saint Bridget, Saint Jude, Saint Cullum Curl. And then my favorite thing from this movie that I've taken away is the curse word that Martin Brogan uses. This is the ghost of Martin Brogan, because he squished. Yeah. My favorite is she turns around and sees him and he says, Shade Hawks McGorick. <laughs> and it's my favorite. I love it so much. <sighs> So he disappears. Jack barges in. She's like, there was a man in my bathtub. He was rubbing my back and it felt really good. I should have known it wasn't you. It's like, damn. Coming and she kicks with the him back blow. out. Yeah. Like, he's, just, he's trying to tell her, oh, no, that was Martin. He's a ghost. What are you talking about? And she kicks him out of the room. He's like, we've got to talk. Yeah. I'm in love with that ghost's wife ghost. Yeah. He's like, he's a ghost. He murders his wife every night. But other than that, he seems all right. Yeah. He seems like a pretty okay guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, he farts. Yeah, he squishes. Yeah. <laughs> he squishes you know and he stinks he's got warts i don't know i don't think they ever say he's got warts but for some reason i keep thinking he has warts 
That might be a projection in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you manifest the words. I don't know. Yeah. Whenever Martin is rubbing Sharon's back, you realize that he does indeed have a special set of skills. And it's not only kicking ass, but giving great back rubs. So wait, when you say kicking ass, are you talking about his wife? No, because he's Liam Neeson. Okay. Okay. Didn't catch that. Wow. I said Thought a special we talk- set of skills. I thought we were talking about Martin, not Liam Neeson. Is that a from a movie that it's I don't know? It's from Taken. I haven't seen Taken. I've just seen the memes. Oh, well, then you should know the special set of skills if you've seen the memes. Those were same, not in the memes I've seen. I've said the same thing to Brian the other night, and it was lost on him, too, and I'm very upset. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were making a really weird joke about him killing his wife every night, and I didn't understand. I'm sorry. I didn't see the movie. I didn't, and I thought you were making a joke, and I was like, shit, that's weird. She could not make a joke like that. (laughs) Like, damn, Tiffany, that's dark. (laughs) Like, you went went a really different direction than there, and I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it. No, it's because it's Liam Neeson and then take it. He has a special set of skills that allows him to find his daughter. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Did he find her? Wasn't there a sequel? Many. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. For how yes. many movies I do know, there are even more that I don't. Okay. <laughs> so, so after this is when it starts to, it started to creep me out more. Mm-hmm. Malcolm, the parapsychologist, starts to notice more phenomena happening. He's getting readings on his stuff. And there's a great line where he's getting up to go do readings around the castle. And he's like, something's fish, something smells fishy around here. And she, his wife's like, you're right. It does smell like burnt rubber. He says, oh, yeah, that's me. Because <laughs> yeah. he got struck by lightning and he's still smoking from the hair. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so he's starting to move around. Jack's moving around the castle. The kids are watching an exercise program because there's nothing there for them to do. <laughs> They throw a book at it. The book goes into the TV. The haunting of this castle is wild. It's very in-depth. Yes. The book goes into the TV. Then she throws it back. Some candles from a chandelier fall and pin the daughter to the ground. Yes. Drawers go flying and hit the TV. And the woman in the exercise program on the TV says, Oh, you horrible little children. I was like, well, they they didn't do anything. Well, I mean, they didn't. Try to fucking throw a book. They at did the throw television. the book, but they didn't know they weren't trying to hit her. I'm not saying they should have thrown the book at the TV. I'm just saying they were lashing out irrationally. That they were. That's a quote that stays in my mind from the Santa Claus. <laughs> the don't best Christmas in, movie of all time. Is don't the Santa delve Claus. into the depths of my mind. There's so many random movie quotes. <laughs> Uh, so Jack's moving around the castle and he walks up by the, he's muttering to himself about Mary trying to figure out trying to talk himself through it and this door opens next to him and it's Peter's mother and she says you do love her don't you and he's like well how should I know and like you don't you met her last night <laughs> and she's a ghost <laughs> even if you leave your horrible wife she's still a ghost and you don't know her that way mm-hmm. so He's like, it's a ghost. How would it work? She says, well, I should know. I'm in love with one because she's still around her husband all the time. So she brings Jack in and they're going to have a discussion. So coming up, there is a scene in this movie that I do not watch. I tried. I tried when I rewatched this. I cannot do it. 
Brother Tony is in his room looking across the way at Miranda doing Miranda things like stretching scantily clad. (laughs) Yes. And he's like, oh, I'm so tempted. Lord, help me through this temptation. And all of a sudden, out of the fucking walls (laughs) come these goddamn creepy ass nuns. They have no faces and they have flying nun hats on. Yeah. The the extended ones with the wings. Mm-hmm. No faces. It's completely black under their flying nun habit thing. Yeah, all you see are glowing eyes coming out. And the music. <laughs> it's dun 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 dun. Nope. Nope. I tried. I heard the music and I turned away. I said, can't do it. Put my hands over my ears. I, I don't know what it is. I don't have a weird history with nuns. I was not raised Catholic or went to Catholic school. Nothing. I have no weird history with nuns, but those... I almost called them bitches. I shouldn't do that. Those <laughs> nuns. They're not real nuns. nuns. <laughs> those fucking nuns creep me out so bad. I cannot do it. I will watch any kind of horror movie. Like, I love them. I'm watching at least one horror movie a day through right. October. That yes. is my goal. But I will not watch these fucking nuns. They eventually, like, drive Brother Tony out through the window. I know that much because yes. I've seen it before when I was when I was not young enough to yet control the remote and fast forward through it. <laughs> Brother Tony is being tempted by Miranda. The room that he is staying in has a direct view into her bedroom, which and is a little just, odd. Like, stretching, scantily clad. And so he's sitting there praying, like, let me beat this temptation, blah, 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 blah. And these creepy nuns pop up. His nether regions become sizzling. And somehow they rush him and he gets knocked out of a window and falls into... What even is that? Like a water basin? It's a a pool. Like it's supposed to be like a swimming pool is what it sounded like. But it looks like a pond. Yeah. Because it's like grassy and overgrown. Miranda hears this before Brother Tony gets pushed out of the window and starts heading towards his room. So as soon as she gets in there, the spot where his nether regions were is still steaming, and then somehow she ends up getting pushed out of the window as well. So this all happens, and then Jack's having this conversation with Peter's mother, and she gives him a book that's the Book of High Spirits. (gasps) The name of the movie! Dun dun! Dun, dun, dun. That's it. My brain quit. (laughs) As soon as that started, my brain gave out. And she says something about when the moon is high and the scalping is mighty. Because there's a chance that a ghost can be brought back to life through the power of love on All Hallows' Eve, which happens to be tomorrow night. Now, at any other time in this movie, did they mention that this was a Halloween trip? No. Not in the slightest. Okay. So now we know tomorrow's All Hallows' Eve. And apparently a ghost can be brought back to life. Or come back to life. coincidental. The veil is so thin that night. I don't know. That's what they said. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because that's the lore you always hear Mm -hmm. on everything ever. Just like with three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so what's scalping? She's like, here, take this book and read it. First of all, scalping's dirty. We'll find out more later. We'll find out more. We actually had a taste of scalping earlier. And we didn't know it. And they were super casual about it. And I'm like, once you know what scalping is and you see it done with intention, you're like, that casual scalping was just something we just do without a thought. Right. So they're having their discussion. And Peter O'Toole 
Peter Plunkett, comes into the bar and all the Americans are down there and some of them are getting freaked out. Brother Tony, Miranda, uh, Malcolm and his wife, they're all freaking out because they've had experiences. Well, Malcolm, maybe not his wife. And the kids. Peter's like, oh, I'm sure it's all fine. We're going to have a great time. They're like, no, this is real. And Beverly D'Angelo's like, you're falling for this. You're giving him what he wants. Right. I, for one, I have not been fooled by you, Mr. Plunkett. And I love Brother Tony. He's like, I've I've been fooled. Yeah. I've been Just fooled. Like, I've I've been fooled. Yes. <laughs> like, like a great moment. And Jennifer Tilly's like, I've I've been fooled too. And Malcolm's like, can you explain this? <laughs> Just that moment with Peter Gallagher. I I've been fooled. Yeah. I've been fooled. So then Sharon stomps off because as Sharon That's does. Sharon is Sharon. She finds Jack in the room where he first saw Marion Martin reading the book about high spirits. Mm-hmm. And he's reading about tupping with spirits, which is sex with ghosts. A ghost may not tup with a human. So this means a ghost cannot make love with a human. They keep saying make love and it b- bothers me so much. I don't know why. It does not bother me in other mediums, but in this movie between Steve Gutenberg and Beverly D'Angelo, it really bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, they start having a rip-roaring fight here, and Jack looks up when she walks in and is like, oh, Mary? She's like, who's Mary? She's like, oh, you're cheating on me? Okay, my lawyer, your lawyer. Hope your ghost has a lawyer, too, because I'm going to take her for everything she's got. <laughs> and so thus, they're in this room, and here come Mary and Martin to reenact their nightly murder scene. And she's like, oh, that's the dude that was in my, in my in bathtub. The, he was in the shower with me. He's like, yeah, that's Martin. Martin the ghost. So they're arguing over this fight between Mary and Martin. So they go back over here and Martin's getting ready to stab Mary for the 204th time. And Sharon sees that. And, you know, kudos to Sharon. She's like, no, you're not going to do that. And she kicks him in the gogaggies. The go... <laughs> the gogaggies. <laughs> I've never heard him call that before. I don't know where I picked that up, but I did somewhere. <laughs> she kicks him. She goes to kick him in the balls and she kicks right through him. No, I like gogaggies. <laughs> she kicks right through him. Steve Gutenberg says, Sharon, you can't just kick a ghost. <laughs> and Mary runs away. Jack runs after her and he's like, Mary, Mary. And she stops and turns to look at him and says, I love you, Mary. She's like, I know. <laughs> Calm down, Han Solo. Star, Star Wars? <laughs> like- Calm down, Han, please. <laughs> and she's, he's like, how did you know? She's like, because I've known it since the first moment I saw you. That you loved me and I loved you. What, bitch? What? Creep. <laughs> and she says, but your love must be true. I, I, it's, I don't understand. <laughs> Sharon's back in the room with Martin, who is leaning over where Mary's body is supposed to be, as he does every night, regretting stabbing her. Well, coming to the realization that he has actually killed her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he looks over and Sharon says, that wasn't very nice, was it? Kicking me right in the bahookies. <laughs> that was a dirty trick. <laughs> She's like, well, you were about to stab your wife, you pig. <laughs> I didn't mean to start. So, okay. And then we go. So they're having this moment and Martin's like all over yeah, her. It's like he keeps transitioning between lusting over Sharon and mourning his wife. Until he does his little fadeaway thing. And he's like, God, what a woman. Before he yeah. goes. She's like, oh, not so bad yourself. 
Like, it's so weird. Like, the relationships between Sharon and Martin and Jack and Mary. Because they they yeah. escalated so quickly. But, I mean, like, Sharon and Martin, it seems very lusty at first. But then all of a sudden, boom, they're in love, too. And But Jack and, and Mary are like, love you. Right. Love you. Uh, uh, immediately. So then we go back to Mary and Jack. Why am I talking like this? But we find out what scalping is. In this really poor uh, special effect here, Jack is standing in front of Mary. Mary takes her ghosty arms and brings them down slowly from his shoulders through his body and then steps through him. And he's like, oh. And she's like throwing her head back. like He's having a whole ass moment. Mm. And she steps all the way through him and then returns and starts to do the same thing and then backs off because she's like, oh, I'm tired, yeah. you know. And she, he's like, oh. That was dirty. She's like, oh, you didn't like it? He's like, oh, no, I, I liked it. I liked <laughs> yeah. it a lot. And he's like, Mary, you can't just scalp me and leave me. She's like, I can't help it. It takes a lot out of you, and I'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so that brings me back to the shower with Martin mm-hmm. and Sharon. Yeah. So that, it felt so good. I knew it could not have been you was because of some scalping going on there. I don't know, because scalping seems to be when they go through. And he wasn't going through. He was like massaging her. But he can't touch. But I guess he could. I don't know. The The continuity is not a thing here, <laughs> Tiffany. We're not thinking about continuity in the, the, our ghosty I am here. Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's 30 years, 31, what year is it? 32 years later. Okay. You're old. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm still 31. I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm right behind yeah. you. So... <laughs> Um, no, this will be 32 next month. It said November 18th is when it came out. Yes. 32 years later, we're realizing the continuity <laughs> issues. I don't think that it was only just realized 32 years later, because have you seen some of the no, old no, no. reviews about this movie? Yes, I have. And I've seen that the director said this is not the movie he shot. And he maintains that his original movie is locked in a vault yeah. somewhere. And this is not what he wanted yeah, to like make. Yeah, like that his movie died in the editing room. Yeah, that he was not a part of. So, sorry, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm still enjoying yeah. it. But he says <laughs> yeah. that it was supposed to be like more whimsical than what it mm-hmm. actually is. But I, mean, I feel like it's pretty whimsy. It's It still feels pretty. There's still a lot of whimsy here, I think. I okay, so next, we all of a sudden meet back up with Peter... They're back down in the lobby. Peter's saying, I don't know what these Americans want. One day they want to leave, and the next day you can't get them to leave. Yeah. Uh, one day they hate the whiting, the next day they can't get enough of it. So he's going on and on about this. Employees are all looking at him, and they start, <gasps> and <laughs> you see bricks, huge bricks from the wall come flying toward Peter's back, and he sees them going past him, and he drops his drink into his other hand, and he's like, why are there pieces of masonry floating everywhere? Yeah, because up until this point, he had not actually seen any of the ghostly activity. At all. No, not even like his dad that his mother talked right. to and that we saw or Mary and Martin. Like, where was he? Oh, was he trying to hang himself again whenever the ghostly wind happened? Yes, he was down in his office. Right. Yeah, so it's like he was completely oblivious to all of the paranormal ongoings. Yeah, he was present for when Malcolm got hit by lightning. Yeah. But that could have been a freak of I, nature I mean, because thing, he was wearing a suit of armor. Yes, he was. And it was storming yeah. outside. Or was it? And so he got <laughs> struck yeah, by lightning. Yeah. Um, 
he got thunderstruck. Anyway, um, <laughs> thunderstruck. <laughs> they're like, uh, they're saying all these people that are coming out of the wall, like your great aunt Nan, and then not to mention your daddy. He's no, but he's dead. <laughs> he is. And yeah. he looks mighty upset. Or I don't know what he said exactly, but he said he looks angry. And he says, I have every right to be. And Peter runs away into his office and his dad's already there waiting for him. And they have a sweet little moment <laughs> where they talk mm-hmm. it all out. And he's like, I just wanted you to be there for me. You left me. And they go to hug and he falls right through his dad. He scalps his dad. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> So <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe maybe scalping is when the ghost puts themselves through you. But if it's not, and the human can scalp the uh, the ghost, he he just scalped his dad. Yikes! Yeah. So it's the next day, and they're getting ready for All Hallows Eve. And there's this funny moment where the chef guy is walking through the kitchen, and Malcolm, the parapsychologist, is telling another member of staff, you know, if you see anything, just ignore it; it'll go away. He's carrying a fish because, of course, that's what they eat. And it starts whistling. And he lays it down on the table, chops its head off. And he says, well, I didn't hear anything, did you? And they're like, no. Nope. The, no. the head While is still, still whistling. There whistling. The head is laying on the yes. table still whistling. Like, no, I don't. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> like, the best plan of action is just to ignore it. <laughs> now we're in Jack and Sharon's room. And Sharon's doing her nails. And all of a sudden, Martin manifests naked in the bed. He says, you know, it's all Hallow's Eve. It's the one night I can turn to flesh. Why don't you and I do a wee bit of scalping? I was like, but if you're flesh, do you have to scalp? Couldn't you just tup then? At that point, I think that you could just... (laughs) You could just tup instead of scalp. I mean... Right. But... But I mean, whatever floats your boat, Sharon doesn't speak to him. She's like, "Mm -mm, no, leave me alone. He's like, all right, fine, whatever. I'm going. And he disappears, but the imprint of his body is still there. Only his top half. And Mm. she moves the sheet back, and she's like, whoa. He's like, I got the best bahoogies from here to Balmendary. (laughs) Balmendary. Sorry, I said that wrong. He likes his bahoogies. And she tells him to drop dead, and he's like, God, what a woman. And he's gone again. (laughs) Like, why is Jack in the bathtub? Is he just like taking a bath reading the book of high spirits? That's when he sees, but you see, they do this big shot up the lake toward the castle and you see all this swirly, twirly special effects stuff. High tech, great looking shit. And yes. that's the spirits yes. steering up. <laughs> and then, okay, so Jack's in the bathtub reading. I ruined so many books that way. And so he reads, he who tups with the spirit finds only the grave. But the virtuous heart, true love will save. So he planning to fuck a ghost if he can. Word. If he can get away with it, yep. he gonna try. They gonna, they gonna tup. tup tonight. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody else in the castle is down in the bar drinking because they're scared because it's all Hallow's Eve and there's been so much ghosty stuff already. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, they're all there getting their drinks and all the stuff on the stage that they were using earlier, they start coming to life on their own and start getting crazy. Eventually, there's things that were never there before that they don't have cutouts for. Yeah, it turns into a a big old thunderstorm. Mm -hmm. There's a a wave that comes up when the mermaid dives down. There's a Viking Mm -hmm. ship. There's lightning. The palm trees are blowing in the breeze. Wind starts blowing through the whole bar. There's a sailboat that goes by with, I swear that was Jason Momoa as Aquaman on it. (laughs) (laughs) There's fish jumping. 
Um, somebody goes to take a drink and there's a fish in their drink. There's a big ass sperm whale. He flops down and his tail flops down into the bar and there's yes. a wave that comes in and it splashes down into the bar. Like it's coming to life. There's a submarine, all this stuff. And then there's like this big like kraken giant squid octopus thing and a tentacle comes yes. out and it comes down and one of the kids says, look, it's a giant squid. Well, here come the giant squid that I'll take you. Say yoink. <laughs> takes him back and he becomes like a cutout, like a painted cutout, like a squid. Yeah, he becomes 2D. It's like, wait a minute. It gets very trippy yes, at this point. What is yes. happening? Peter Gallagher. They throw him a lifesaver mm-hmm. that also turns 2D. I'm sorry, continue about Peter Gallagher. No, no. I, he's in the background doing the Lord's Prayer, just like, oh, I'll save us all. Just <laughs> makes me think of the yeah, makes me think of the Simpsons movie when he's going through the Bible. He's like, there's no answers in this. <laughs> totally not relevant. <laughs> And this is whenever they throw him the lifesaver. And the lifesaver turns 2D. And next thing you know, the 2D cutout of the kid has the lifesaver around his waist. And they start like pulling him in. And whenever they're pulling him in, there's like a ship coming towards him. And all of a sudden, I'm having peanut butter falcon flashbacks. (laughs) And just in the nick of time, they get the kid back into real life. Back into the bar. Yeah, into real life. And they're like, oh, good thing that we're not Northern Ireland or something like that. I said, it's a bloody good thing we ignored it, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what he says. (laughs) Jack and Mary meet up in the room again. And they're going to, they're not going to tap. They're not going to tap. They're, they're staying away from tapping but they're just gonna have some champagne. And like, they're having a moment. He's like, was that a tup? She's like, no, but it's not far off. Okay, well, we're, we're going to be careful. We're going to be careful. And so they're going to toast and Mary does a toast that's drink to me only with thine eyes and I will pledge with mine or leave a kiss within the cup and I'll not ask for wine. It's actually very well known. Johnny Cash did a song, Drink to Me with Thine Eyes. Then Steve Gutenberg returns with, she says, quote me something because they're trying not to tup again. Yeah. Well, the quote that she mm-hmm. did was from the English playwright, Ben Johnson. And you're like, oh, that is not what you would consider a name from 1616 when it was published. No. She's like, okay, you quote me something to Jack. And he's like, there ain't nothing in the world like a big-eyed girl to make me act so funny, to make me spend my money, make me feel real loose like a long-necked goose. Dun-dun-dun. Oh, baby, that's what I like. She's like, oh, that's that's so... Who wrote that? And he said, the Big Bopper. (laughs) Mary and Jack are getting drunk. They're starting to do stuff they should not be doing. Everybody else in the castle is going through the castle, going outside, and Malcolm's got his equipment looking for ghosts, Mm -hmm. looking for spirits. And they get all the way down to the lake, and he can't find anything. So he's like, oh, I declare this a spirit-free zone. Cool. They're all celebrating, having the time of their lives. And then they cut Mm. out to the lake, and you see the bus from the beginning of the movie slowly beginning to rise out of the lake, covered in, like, lake weed and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Lake weed. (laughs) Yes. Back to Jack and Mary. This is somewhere between a scalp and a chup, right? Nah, dude. Y'all full on tupping. Here to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) You tupped. Yeah. Ghost bus is making its way across the lake. They're all staring up at the castle, singing on Galway Bay. No one's looking and no one's seeing this bus until it's dripping water and someone turns around. The headlights are on. They're like, oh, shit. And Malcolm's like, no, this this can't be happening. You know, I didn't I didn't see anything on my readings. There are no spirits around here. And he's like, somebody's blowing it. Where's Jack? And I was like, wait, how is Jack ruining this for everybody? I never understood that. No idea. Jack and Mary are still going at it. We're cutting back and forth. Martin's driving the bus. 
and saying, oh, Sharon, I love thee. Tonight's Bahookie night. Yep. Eventually, a bunch of spirits shoot out of the bus, and they're tormenting everybody, lifting them up in the air, and spinning them all around, and just running amok. Yeah, Tony ends up sacrificing himself to save Miranda. Yeah. Meanwhile, Martin follows Sharon all the way back up to the castle, crashes the bus into the side of the castle. Sharon runs inside the castle, and she's like, I'm being followed by a UFO! (laughs) (laughs) Jack and Mary's activities reach their natural conclusion. That's the nicest way I can say that. And they, they, you know, they kind of fall asleep and Jack wakes up and Mary's changed. She's been kind of brought back to life, but as she really would be 200 years later, yes, she's her real this self. This is what really... Mm. He who tups with the spirit tups with the grave. It's what he did. Her ass was dead. Brought her back to life as herself would have been in the grave. Oh. She is decaying her hair's gone she's she, like, she talks like this me jack and it's she's Mary. every time she moves it's like <laughs> <laughs> and she's like trying to make out with them and he's just like real hesitant just like mm. first of all when she when they went to sleep she was naked when she wakes up she's in like in her grave clothes and he's all kissing up her and stuff and he's like wait what <laughs> you couldn't tell the difference uh for real you couldn't feel like the paper thin decayingness underneath you. Anywho's. And that's Jack has that moment. He who tops the spirit tops the grave. Yeah, dude, you read the shit. You just didn't heed your own <laughs> advice that was given to you. So Jack's running away from Mary and she's she's chasing him pretty well for a two hundred and something year old lady. I concur. Yeah. Who is like falling apart. And he's like, uh, no, get away from me. You're gross. But she's like, But you love me. Yeah, but that was before. <laughs> So they get all the way down there. Martin shoots in through a window from the bus. And Jack's like, hi, Marty. He's like, hey, where's the wife? And he points at Mary. He's like, not mine, you dolt. I mean yours. <laughs> and that's when she runs in. I've been followed by a UFO. Martin grabs her and she falls on the floor next to Mary. And he's like, oh, hey, Mary, we're just fooling around. And Sharon's like, this is Mary? This is who you're screwing me over for? I know you like passive women, Jack, but she's half dead. <laughs> And so Martin grabs Sharon and they're going off to have their moment, except when Mary tells Jack she loves him, Martin's like, oh, you harlot, I'll murder you. She's like, no, I can't. Sharon's like, no, I can't take it. Please stop. Yeah. So they kiss and then they go off to be together. And she's like, that's okay, Jack. You can have her. Mary, you can have him. And Mary's just like, <laughs> being practically a zombie here and uh, drops down. She's like, you just... You do love me. And she's like, kiss me. Just kiss me. And he's like, oh, do you want some some moisturizer first? And she's like, just kiss me. You were so different before. And so he's he's leaning across her, kissing her, and he's like hitting his fist on the chair to get himself <laughs> through it. Yeah. He's like, looks aren't everything. It's just that they can help so much. <laughs> and you could like see like part of her brain where her skulls decay it's gross so he's kissing yeah. her and then you see the back of her head like her hair gets full and curly and like she's like brought back to life mm-hmm. he doesn't realize it he's still suffering through the kiss even though she's like n- n- what he knows and wants again martin and sharon are frolicking through the castle and she's like all into it now all of a sudden she's all in yeah martin's crouching by a window and he says oh sharon i love thee well, come be with me forever. And she's like, oh, you betcha or something. She wasn't from she wasn't from Minnesota. She didn't say you betcha. Yeah. Martin's like embraced her as she gets there. 
And in that embrace, she falls through the window so she can die and be with him forever. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes sense. Yeah. It's like he tricked her into dying. Yeah. Jack's opened his eyes and seen that Mary's young and beautiful again. And they hear Sharon screaming and hit the ground. And he's like, wait, what? Then Mary disappears. Jack runs outside, finds Sharon's body. Oh, (laughs) some horrible fake crying happens. And then all of a sudden, the body moves. She sits up. (gasps) It's Mary. She's like, dun, dun, dun. Yes. She says, forever, Jack. And then we cut to the yeah. uh, the end scene, or uh, near the end. All the Americans are leaving. Brother Tony's lost his collar. She's like, no, he didn't. You threw it away, didn't you, baby? <laughs> He's like, I'm only human. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm, the parapsychologist, says, this is the worst vacation I've ever had, and I will go on and tell everyone that this is the most haunted castle in Ireland. Cool. Right. That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah, they want business. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back in the castle... Mary and Jack are dancing around to the Big Bopper, to the song he quoted Mm -hmm. to her, drinking champagne and dancing around. And all of a sudden, in waltzes, why are names suddenly escaping me? Martin and Sharon. Yeah. Saying, hey, we booked the hall till 1030. And she says, the day is for the living, Jack. The night is for the dead. And they go back and forth and dance with their old partners and, you know, happily ever after. He's like, I never saw Sharon. She never acted like that with me. I never saw her smile like that. And she says, what's gotten into her? She says, happiness, Sir Jack. The end. Lame. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's the movie. That's High Spirits. Yay. I have one trivia item I'd like to share. Okay. Go for it. It contained a spoiler on uh, IMDb, but like I've seen this movie a thousand times, so it was fine. (laughs) It says, a banshee is a female spirit in Irish mythology who heralds the death of a family member by wailing or shrieking. On the bus ride to the castle, bus driver Eamon mentions the banshee, a dressed-up employee who lands on the bus and in the bedroom due to mishaps, is the Brogan banshee. Sharon Brogan dies later in the film. Mm. thought that was interesting. Also interesting that uh, Sharon Brogan ended up with Martin Brogan, so they are related. Ew. It's like, Ew, yeah. It's like really far removed and they're both dead. So yeah, I guess we can still be squicked out by ghost incest, but 200 years difference. Meh, still yucky. Yeah, still kind still of yucky. Mm-hmm. Yep. A, a little bit of trivia yes. that I had for this mm-hmm. is that Daryl Hannah was nominated mm-hmm. for a Razzie Award for her performance as Mary Plunkett. Yeah. It's got like a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Something like that. Even though the performance was kind of spotty. Do you really think that her performance was the worst in this film? I don't know. Steve Gutenberg's he has moments where I'm just like, stir. Mm-hmm. Like his fake crying at the end. I believe that there was one review that I read saying that he's not quite as nauseating as he was in a lot of other performances of his. Apparently hurt. Steve Gutenberg did not have a very good reputation in 1988. Yeah, I mean, the first Steve Gutenberg movie that I ever remember seeing was It Takes Two, and I liked him in that. Mm-hmm. Mom said if Steve Gutenberg's in it, aside from a few of his films, you know, it's like a B movie. They legit called him a nauseating actor, and I was like, damn. That's, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I'm coming into this movie not expecting great things. I didn't know to expect great things when I was a child. So, <laughs> uh, Do we want to talk ratings, or do you have more? The only other note that I have Mm -hmm. is that the budget for this film was $17 million. Shit. Well, they had a lot of special effects. And in the box office, it grossed almost $8.6 million. Yikes. So half of the budget was lost. Yeah. On this one. Reviews for this movie were bad. 
it didn't do really well. Yeah. But it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I love it. It's a staple for this time of year in my home. Always has been. Yeah, and I can see it being a staple in my house because mm-hmm. I was watching it and I was literally guffawing aloud. <laughs> like, <laughs> it probably took me about three hours to watch this movie mm-hmm. because I would have to pause and write down specific things yeah. so that I didn't forget them. Yeah. But no, like I really like the movie. Acting is a little much. They can be loud and breathy. And if you remember from last week, I'm not a fan of either of those. The plot is feel it's got some holes but it's good it's got some holes and it feels a little rushed at times but yeah i feel like it's good i would definitely watch it again yeah i feel like this movie honestly was a bit ahead of its time it somewhat not really but i would put this movie in the same category as rocky horror picture show hmm i see where you're coming from as in a group of characters, really campy, a bit out there. Mm-hmm. This one obviously does not have that following. Yeah, no. <laughs> and it, it doesn't have the musical aspect. Right. But I feel like this movie is somewhat relatable to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. That was just an extra little thing that I felt like I should say. That's cool. But as for a rating. Do you want to know the IMDb rating first? I know it. I know it's pretty low. It is. Dun, 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 5.8. Yeah, that's that's pretty low. Yeah. I'm going to give it a little bit more than that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to give it, like, you know, the best score ever, just because there are faults. We've talked about it. So I'm going to give this movie a 6.8. Okay. Cool. I'm going to go 7. So, <laughs> 6.9. Ah. <laughs> We've gotten really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> 69, dudes. good stuff anyway we want to hear from you our audience any movies that you think are underrated or underwatched and you want us to see or if you have a movie that you think you want to watch but you don't want to watch i don't know why you'd have something like that although i do have those um uh you want us to watch them and you want to hear us talk about them send us an email at the observation bubble at gmail.com and we'll read that email, find the movie, and uh, we'll watch it and we'll talk about it. And it'll be great. You'll enjoy it. We'll all have fun. The rest of October, we're, we are taking full advantage of spooky season. Going to watch some yes. movies new to us, movies old to us. It's going to be great. Yeah, the one that's coming up, I've never even heard of before. I haven't seen it. I've heard of it and haven't seen it. So I'm looking forward to that. Any parting thoughts or shots, Tiffany? Only took with consent. Oh, it's very important. Also, don't tub with spirits. It's not Bahooky night. Don't be tubbing with spirits, especially not on Halloween because shit happens. Yeah. Obviously. We're going to leave you tonight where the movie began with the opening monologue by Peter O'Toole as the character of Peter Plunkett. Enjoy. Sir, I once again I must remind you that my first name is not Dick, nor is my surname Face, it is simply Peter, Peter Plunkett. No, I was not given a middle name, but I'm sure if I had, my mother would not have chosen shit for brains, peck ahead. Well then clearly you know a side of my mother that I have been happily sheltered from. Nevertheless, I marvel at your colorfully creative ever-so-American colloquialism which flows so trippingly from your razor-like tongue. Thanks so much for listening, you guys, and we'll see you again next time here in the Observation Bubble. Bye. Bye.